All right, so last week um, we started this series called I Am Jesus, and we are looking at the statements where Jesus says, I am blank. And today we're going to look at what he says, what he means when he says, I am the good shepherd. Now, for those of you that are new with us, um, this may be kind of different for you. Uh, this is a, a double shotgun house that has been converted. It was long ago converted into a youth building. And so this was at one time a living room. And so we have embraced that. And we just, we just say, you know what? Let's act like we're in a living room. And what we want to do and what we do on a regular basis is we throw out questions. Now, if you're new with us or visiting with us, do not feel obligated to talk or speak if you don't want to. If you do, great. We welcome it. Our congregation, they can talk all on their own. They're very good at that. So, um, so here's a question that I want to throw out to you before we jump in today. Several questions, actually. Um, and there, there's no wrong answer to these questions. Uh, we just want to see, I just want to see and set up kind of what Jesus is going to be talking about today. Uh, what is your favorite musical group? Favorite musical group? Third day, okay. All right. What else? Foo Fighters. The what? Beatles. Kansas. Okay. Who else? One more. Casting crowns. All right, let's move on to the next question. What is your favorite book? The what? What is it? The Ninth Circus? Night Circus. I don't read, so I, I don't know any of these. I can't hear. I'm, I am partially deaf, actually. Uh, Night Circus. Oh, good book. It's like CIA stuff, or it's about a circus. Oh, okay. Well, then I have already read the book. I know what's going on here. <laughs> what else? Favorite book? What'd you say, Jerry? Jerry, I think is about to throw out a comic book here. The Hunger Games. The Hunger Games? What else? What else we got? <laughs> <laughs> Judging. <laughs> All right. Undiluted. Once again, if you can't read my handwriting, I apologize. What else? What is it? Anti Oedipus. I don't even want to know what that's about. How do you even spell Oedipus? Oedipus? Isn't that how you spell it? Did I pull that off? Sweet. That's a U.S. That is a U. All right, somebody else said something over here. Walk to the walk to like two number two. Walk two moons. There's a lot of books out there. <laughs> My kids go to this thing called a library. It's the most incredible place in the world. You can get free DVDs there. They're amazing. So, no, I'm just kidding. One more, one more. Give me one more. Catcher in the Rye. Catcher in the 
Mine's the Bible. I'm super spiritual. Uh, all right, now let me, let me ask this. Aside from a spouse, okay, um, and we're going to ask kind of a similar question in a minute, but aside from a spouse, who do you trust the most in your life? Who do you trust the most in your life? Mom? Mom? Okay. This thing's falling apart. Okay. Sister? Well, you're twins. Grandma? Grandma? Is that who you trust? This is that's who you trust most in your life? You're just throwing out a throwing out a, a family relation? Uncle John. Who else? Anybody else? Chris Chris has issues. I'm not putting that down. That... <laughs> Chris has issues. <laughs> what else? <laughs> There's so much trust in your marriage. There is no, no need for anything outside of it. That's right. Your friends. Yeah. All right, now let me ask this. Pastor? Y'all don't know me too well. That's all right. I'm just kidding. All right, so here we... <laughs> you're like, we do, actually. Um, now let me ask kind of a, a similar question. Um, if... Aside from your spouse, who would you trust without asking for an explanation? Um, in, in other words, if you were in a, a time-sensitive situation and had to blindly follow directions without questioning or knowing what that person's plan was, who would it be? And it can be the same people, and that's okay. Father? Grandfather? I'm going to shorten it. I don't like writing either. <laughs> Your best friend? Maybe one more? One more? We ain't dropping political. We don't go political here. Y'all know that. <laughs> No, that's not why we don't do it. It's because, we, it's because we've got people all across the board here, and we all get along, and that's rare. So, uh, and we got people in the middle. So one more, maybe one more, anybody? All right, so here's the thing. Today we're going to be looking at John 10, verses 11 through 18, and Jesus is going to be talking about sheep and a shepherd. Sheep and a shepherd. Um, and so, let me ask this question, nothing to put up on the board here, why do sheep need a shepherd? Why do sheep need a shepherd? Because they're stupid. Okay, this is, this is true, they, they are not bright animals, that is, tr that is correct. Um, why, why else? Correct. Have you been reading ahead? All right, so Ashley, come on up here and finish up this message here. We're 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so we're a little loose today. I did a wedding yesterday. Mark and Laura are married, by the way, for those of you that know Mark and Laura. Congratulations to them. I asked them, I said, y'all going to be at church tomorrow? Just joking, right? And uh, she's like, well, I was like, no. <laughs> Honeymoon, no. She's like, we're not leaving until Monday. I don't want to see you. Um, so, so yeah, they're married, and uh, weddings are very stressful. So today, like, I'm feeling pretty good and loose. So who knows what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, so, so they wander off, right? They, I mean, they just take off. I saw a video, and I, I almost used this. But uh, of, of sheep who had been draped in LED lights and put on a hill. This was in Scotland. You've seen this? They've, they've been put on a hill. They put on a hill opposite, and they filmed it. And what they did is they did, filmed it at night, and they, and they made firecrackers out of these sheep because the, they, there was a bunch of different sheepdogs herding them, and they'd herd them different ways. It's incredible. Go online and look for uh, Scottish sheepdog, Scottish sheep firecrackers. Um, so anyway, so they run off. But here's the thing: there's always a sheepdog. If you if you if you are a shepherd, you have a sheepdog that's running them around. If one gets loose, boy, that sucker will track it down quick, right? Now, let me ask you this: Why do um, why does a shepherd need sheep? Income? Yeah, money? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, technically, yeah, we're all kind of going, I don't know, right? Or food, you know, not food, you know. They just found this sheep on Tasmania, Tasmania Island that's been roaming for four years. And it, it was like this much wool sticking off its back. If a sheep gets away, you're in trouble. You know, it's, it's, just, it's just incredible. The truth is, a shepherd doesn't have to have sheep. But that wouldn't make him a shepherd anymore, right? I mean, he can do whatever he wants. But... But he doesn't have to be watching sheep. He could do whatever he wants. Now, in John 10, verses 11 through 18 is what we're going to look at today. Jesus gives this incredible illustration of sheep and a shepherd. In verse 11, he says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Now, in this illustration, Jesus is the good shepherd, and we are the sheep. Now, Jesus isn't calling us sheep. Because we're stupid, okay? I could write a sermon one day that would equate the intelligence of sheep to the shepherd with people to God, okay? We could make that, but that's not what he's going for here. He's not saying, I'm a shepherd, you guys are stupid, right? That's not, that's not what he's saying. I want us to understand that. Um, but Jesus is pointing out the nature of sheep here. He's pointing out that they are followers, right? Every once in a while, they'll run off, and he has to try to pull us back in. But they are followers, and if there's anything that people do, it's follow. Now, you may look at organizations, and you say, well, but that guy who's leading the organization, he doesn't follow. He's leading, but the greatest leaders actually follow other leaders. Right? The, the, the poor leaders in any organization do not follow anybody. They don't go out and try to find people that are in their peer group and, and try to advance themselves or look at what can be done differently. And, and so we need to understand that this isn't like Twitter. Okay? We're, not, we're not Twitter talking about that kind of 160 characters, that kind of thing. 
you follow whether you know it or not. It's, a, it's almost an unconscious thing. Now, rhetorical question, why do you follow? Or, excuse me, yeah, why do you follow? And here, here's why. We follow things sometimes. And we follow people. We follow things because we believe that they're going to add something of value to our lives. Right? So, you go on to Twitter, let's say, and you say, I'm going to follow this person. Why? Because you want them to add value to your life. For Twitter, it's probably mostly humor, right? That's, that's probably why you're, you're, what in the world? This guy's an idiot. I'm going to follow him, right? Just to get a laugh. So uh, Now, th- when you follow people, you're following them because you want, you, you trust them and you think that they have your best interest in mind, Right? That's what you hope anyway. You hope that they're going to help you or, or encourage you or love you, whatever it may be. Okay? So this is what Jesus is talking about. Following. He is the good shepherd. And he lays down his life for the sheep. Now we're going to come back to that statement here in a little bit. Verse 12. The hired hand is not the shepherd who owns the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Now, I want to park here for a few minutes and ask this. Who is, who is the hired hand here? Here's the, the hired hand. It is anything or anyone that you follow more than Jesus. There's nothing wrong with following a musical group or, or maybe a book or you know reading that or, or you trust your mom or dad, but when you follow them more than you follow Jesus, there's a problem. And the problem is this. We can really tend to do this, can't we? I mean, it's easy to do this. You can be chasing after the big bucks. That's, that's following something, right? You're following this desire to get more money, more money. And so you say, well, how do, how, how do you know that, right? Here's how you know. You go online, you look at your bank account, and you look at whether you are investing in yourself or whether you are investing in God's kingdom. It's that simple. You give into to the poor. Are you helping out those people that, that you know are in need? It could be that you are following fame and glory, Right? How do you know this? Well, do you think about your, your career and, and you and rising to the top more than you think about your family, more than you think about uh, the people around you? Could be that. It could be the time that you spend. You can be following TV. How many TV shows do you follow? Uh-oh. Ah, everybody look down. It's not me. It's not me, right? Does your day involve just hours and hours and hours of TV, right? Or does it involve spending quality time with your family, with God, right? Now, and then the obvious thing is you could be following people and you could be putting them above Christ. There are several large church pastors who this past week have gotten themselves into some serious trouble and it has actually opened the door to their lives to peer in. And you see, wow, the things that are going on here are inappropriate and they're detrimental to the kingdom of heaven. 
I mean, it's just like, whoa, what, what happened here? And here's the problem. These pastors have become so idolized and so, so put on a pedestal, if you will, that people will begin to think that they're close to infallible. Um, we should not idolize people. That's why I never um, want you to name drop me. You know what I'm saying? Have you ever, have you ever talked to people where you're like, uh, so what church do you go to? Oh, I go to such and such a church, Reverend Jason McReynolds. You know him, right? Like, like you, we should know him, you know what I'm saying? Don't name drop me, please. Because I don't want to be put up on some pedestal. I don't want to be this person that you expect something of when I'm just a sinner like you. You know what I mean? I'm, that's all I am. I'm a sinner. <laughs> now, do you know what all these things have in common? All of these things, the money, the fame, all of those things, they're all temporary. I mean, they can go like that, quick. I can't tell you how many times in my life I've gone from having plenty to having very little like that, right? Single, married, like that. God provides. It's temporary, though. Whatever you follow outside of Jesus is going to leave you high and dry. I mean, it's, it, they will not last. They will bolt as soon as trouble arises. Here's why. Those things look after themselves. They do not look after you. The world looks after itself. When things go bad, your stockbroker, right, or the guy that set up your bank account, he can take your money. It's easy. Yeah, he can go to jail if they catch him and all that stuff, but that doesn't help you out, right? Your business can burn you in a heartbeat. Your TV does not care about you. <laughs> ABC, NBC, C, they don't care about you. They just want you to give them money to watch, right? Every person is a follower. But you have to understand that people are selfish. And people can let you down. We need to follow. We were created to follow. But we were created to follow Jesus. Jesus is concerned for you. I am not a person that you want to follow. I am here to assist you in following Jesus, just as you are here to use your gifts in our church to assist me in following Jesus and challenging me. Just because of my role up here, I have no more special of a place in the church than you do. Tia, I don't know if y'all noticed this, Tia over here redid the kitchen. She labeled it. She's serving in an incredible way. That's an incredible part of the church. I mean, I look at that kitchen, and if I start to want to do labels, I'm just like, oh, it's not a gift that I have. Now, labeling is not a gift, but the gift of administration and serving is. And I could go through each one of you and just explain your gifts and how amazing it is that you are here wanting to serve and use those gifts. Now, the wolf. Before we talk about the wolf, I want to play a video for you. It's from a, 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 a movie called Act of Valor. Go ahead and roll that clip. Our fallen God, who stood the worst thing about 
All right, so we got the guy who's having the baby. He is the boss man. And the guy who is talking to him, he is the guy who's in charge of all the tactical things in the movie. If you've seen the movie, it's an incredible movie. Um, but one of the things that they say there at the end is that a bundle of twigs is strong. And that really applies to the church because when we look here, we see the wolf. He says, so when he sees the wolf, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. And then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. Who is the wolf? The wolf is the devil. It is the temptation that the devil will lay out before you and in front of you. And he can easily divide and conquer. When we follow things more than we follow Jesus, or follow people more than we follow Jesus, we are easy pickings for the devil. I'm, I'm serious. I mean, he loves that. And so he comes in and then gossip begins to ruminate and it begins to split a church and backroom deals start to occur and chatter starts to happen. And finally, there's this big showdown. And this may have never happened in your church, but I've been in churches many times over as, you know, a minion. And these things have happened or I've heard about it or I had good friends who have had this happen to us. It happens in in companies, it happens in churches. And so there's a big showdown with the emphasis on show, really. And it causes a lot of pain 
and it damages an otherwise wonderful body of believers. And so maybe for another church, maybe never again do these people who leave the church go, right? They, they may never go back. But the devil just loves that. He attacks and he scatters. And so when we are most powerful, it's when we are a bundle of twigs, right? There's so many things that we can take from, from a SEAL team. It's amazing. Now, I don't want to put a SEAL team and follow them over Jesus, right? But you can take it. You can look at that and go, man, that's incredible. When we are a bundle of twigs, when we are following Jesus as a family, that's when we are strongest. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Jesus knows you. He knows you well. He knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He knows how many hairs you have on your head. He has to, he can start decreasing the hairs from me. <sighs> he knows everything. Now, now here's the thing. If this were a person, this would be really creepy, right? I mean, this is, this is like, oh, stalker. But this is not a person. This is the perfect, loving, caring, living within you God. And he knows you. That's someone that I can follow. That's someone that you can follow. And, and when I think of God in that way, and not just, God, I've got all these problems, fix them, why aren't you fixing them, why aren't you fixing them? But I know that he loves me. Man, it makes it easy, so much easier to follow him than it is to follow some personality, right? Somebody who has the charisma. Paul actually says, you know what, I, I could have charisma and I could do that, but I just want to be me. And I want you to follow Jesus. He didn't want to get in the way of people because of some personality or speaking ability. Verse 15 says, just as the father knows me and I know the father, I lay down my life for the sheep. Jesus knows you as well as he knows the father. And that's pretty knowing. It's perfect knowing. And he knows you as well as the Father knows him. That's actually better than you know yourself. Right? When you sit down for uh, lunch or breakfast or dinner at some restaurant, and you're sitting there waffling over waffles or pancakes. Right? I'm waffling over waffles. God already knows what you need. He knows you better than the way you know. He knows what you need, and then he also knows what you're going to get. He knows what you want, and he also knows what you're going to get, right? He knows all that. It's incredible. He knows you better than you know you. Verse 16, I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. Now, this verse is often used to like justify aliens and weird stuff like that, okay? Listen, let me, that's not the context here. Jesus' mission was to Israel first. He was called to Israel first. But there are other people who live outside of Israel. If you were born in America, chances are you are not of Israelite descent. Chances are you're what is called in the Bible, a Samaritan or a Gentile, right? 
I am from a Gentile descent. My wife may, she comes from a Jewish background, she may be from Israelite descent. I doubt it, but she might be. You are probably not. And so Jesus is saying that everyone outside of Israel from another fold, you're invited. You're welcome. Come on in. You can have salvation just as much as Israel can. Now, <clears throat> let me play this next video before we go on. Go ahead and, go ahead and roll that, that video. Now, we really respect someone who would die for us, don't we? We look at that with, with, with the utmost respect. And we look at, at, at somebody who would die for someone they don't even know with even more respect. Verse 17. The reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. This is somebody you want to follow. Someone who would die for you, but also be able to come back to life. That's somebody you want to follow. It's the ultimate act of selflessness. And then it is also the utmost power. Right? That's a good God. That's who we want to follow. Verse 18. No one takes it from me. That's his life. But I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. Death is not forced on Jesus. Jesus could have, any, have at any time not gone to the cross, taken himself down from the cross. He chose to die for us. He willingly died for us. Jesus is the one who jumped on the grenade of our sins. Jesus is the one who took those sins so that we could live and he would die. He did this out of obedience because God the Father asked him to do so. So let me close with this. The people that you really, really like, the things that you really, really like, do you follow them more than Jesus? 
are they willing to lay their lives down for you? Because if they are, then that tells whether they have an extreme selfishness or an extreme selflessness. And that's wonderful if they have an extreme selflessness, but you need to ask the follow-up question too. Can they come back to life? Can they supernaturally influence a situation in your life? Can they defeat death? I can answer that for you, and that's no. There is only one who can do that. He knows your heart completely. He knows every thought. The divinity of Jesus, and only Jesus, only God the Father, the Trinity, the three in one, they, he is the one that we should follow. So here's my challenge to us. Go back home today and take a look at your calendar and see how much time you spend on certain things. Take a look at your bank account. See how much money you spend on certain things. Take a look at your, your, your business portfolio, you know, what, what your 10-year what your plan is. Do you spend more time on those things? Take a look at the people that you follow. Twitter, online pastors, whoever it may be. Do you trust them more than you trust Jesus? It's a tough challenge, but Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And he wants us to follow him because he can lead us to places that nobody else can. And you will be better off in the long run for it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for being our good shepherd. We are sheep. We love to follow. We love to follow the, the, the bouncing ball, the flashing lights, the, the things that catch our attention. Father, here in New Orleans, we love to follow the latest restaurants and the latest food craze. We thank you for food. We thank you for the great culinary delights that we have here, God, but we don't want to follow that. We want to follow you. We want to follow the plan that you have for each person in this room. And so we ask that you draw us to yourself more and more so that we will find joy and peace in that. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.